It's football. I've been watching it for 40 years. Are you kidding me? You're listening to Winning Cures Everything. Game day, baby. Wake up or get out. Here's your host. A confident young man. A superb athlete. Gary Seegers. Welcome in. Winning Cures Everything. It's the Week 10 College Football Reaction and Recap Show. I'm your host, Gary Seegers. Of course, you can follow me on Instagram and TikTok at GaryWCE. And of course, I am on Twitter at Winning Cures. That is the show's Twitter page. I am uh, I am legit going to go an entire football season without my actual at GaryWCE Twitter handle because I cannot get them to respond to me about this stupid suspension. But regardless, we're here. We're ready to rock and roll. The guy that's on the right side of the screen, of course, Matt Huey. Matt, tell them about yourself. Tell them where they can find you. It's good to have you back this week, my friend. Yes. Glad to, glad to be back. Yes. I'm Matt, physical therapist. Find me on all social media. Strong and Healthy Rehab is me or the other one where I'm just a goofball. Matt underscore PT underscore dip underscore MDT. <laughs> I see Mike Mack jumped in the chat already. He said, I'm just here for the theme music. Yeah, cheers to that. That theme music is, uh, so that's just something I threw together over my old band's, one of one of their tunes, right? So Persevere Music, you can find it on Spotify if you want to do that. Douglas that's jumped persevere? in. Persevere? Yeah, that's Persevere. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. French of Virginia said, first time watching live. I hope you talk about New Mexico State. Uh, we'll probably hit on them, yes. And Douglas, uh, quack and double quack quack. Go Ducks. Hey. Cheers to uh, cheers to Oregon. Looked pretty good yesterday. Looked pretty good. Uh, as always, if you want to support the show, now you can become a member on uh, YouTube. I don't know fully how all that stuff works. I'm looking into it. I'm figuring it out. But it's like three bucks if you want to support the cause. You can do that. Or you can go over to buymeacoffee.com slash winningcures and do that as well. If you want to follow my plays during the week, Telegram is the way to do it. I'm Gary WCE on Telegram. Uh, I think you can go to your phone browser, t.me slash Gary WCE. Uh, Matt, we have got a lot to dive into today. Yes. Let's uh, <laughs> let's go ahead and start off. Of course, week 10 was bonkers, bananas. I want to start with this. Nebraska. I, I, I talked about the Sun Belt already, right? I, I think you and I talked before we went live. Mm-hmm. The Sun Belt is trying to kill me. Like, they are legit trying to kill me. <laughs> Georgia State and Georgia Southern, I am so tired and it's not just them. That whole conference is just off the The only two things in that conference that are reliable are James Madison and Troy. And that's it. Everything else is a coin flip, and it doesn't matter what the numbers say or what trends are. It, nothing. Nothing matters other than those two teams. And one of them, James Madison, who's undefeated, can't even play for the damn conference title. So, is what it is. I'm out on the Sun Belt. Second, Matt Rule. Nebraska goes to East Lansing, and that is just a shell of a team. Interim coach, I know that they were at home, but Nebraska, three turnovers in a game that you really had to have to get to a bowl game. Mm, very irritating. Three, A three-point favorite on the road for Nebraska after you just whipped up on Purdue, who who is a better team than Michigan State right now, mm-hmm. and you're going to turn around and commit three turnovers and lose the game by three. Tisk tisk tisk, not a fan, not a fan. Let's uh let's start off with our weekly Heisman. Uh, we do this every single week. We talk about the uh, the big performers of the week and you know who we would choose to award 
uh, our Heisman to that week, not just the whole season. Matt, uh, I, let you go ahead and start off with this. I want to okay. see if you pick the guy that I that I left off my list so that you would take him. I have one thing. I do. I do really believe this. We need to have let the <laughs> possum play the other night. The Texas Tech game, drug have off you the seen field. The memes like thinking that it's Connor oh. Stallions, the uh, the oh, Michigan big guy. ass possum. <laughs> Big ass, but let's let the oh. possum play. Let him play. I love it. Let him play. <laughs> who, who are you taking in your husband besides the possum? <laughs> <laughs> I, don't know, I I looked a little bit out there. I think I'm going to go with Z- uh, um, Jacob Zeno. Okay. With uh, UAB. UAB. Yeah. 29-35. 484 yards, five touchdowns, one interception, 10 yards rushing. But I'd say a very interesting one. I'll bring this up. Quarterback, Army. Yeah, Bryson Daly. yards passing, 170 yards rushing with two touchdowns. And he rushed for a 62-yard touchdown. Destroyed. Or excuse me, his targets were 62. Oh, that was... That was, if you're if you were rooting for Air Force to make it to a New Year's Six Bowl, uh, that game just destroyed you. Uh, if you weren't, then hey, cheers. That's that's what Service Academy football is. Air Force turned the ball over six times. I mean, that's just ridiculous. You didn't take the one that I thought you were going to take, uh, and that's your boy Dylan Johnson, who transferred from Mississippi State. I, I think he had, I had more yards. I had him rushing. on there. Yeah, hey, he had more yards rushing last night. Than I think he did in all those years playing for Mike Leach. Like, <laughs> yes, yes, he. I think. Uh, God, see if I remember this right. He had 199 yards before contact. That means the offensive line is doing it. Like they were, they were awesome. So yeah, uh, Dylan Johnson had like 240 some odd yards, couple yeah. touchdowns. Like he, he was awesome for uh, the Washington Huskies. Uh, and- my guys. My, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Who, who did oh, you have? Uh, so I was going to say my offensive line, <laughs> Heisman. Okay. Where was Dylan Johnson running that, getting those touchdowns? The left side of it? Uh, Troy Fent. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say his name. Fent, Fentonio, whatever. Um, dude was awesome. just tearing it up. Even lost his helmet on a play, kept going. They and I, I know he got at least two touchdowns running over that left side. Just didn't give up a sack, so he's he's my Heisman that offensive lineman. Cheers to the Heisman offensive lineman. I can get down with that. Uh, I had two guys on my list, and since we were already talking service academies, I'll go with the uh, the G five guy first. Temple quarterback EJ Warner came back into action. He's been out for a couple of weeks. Temple's offense is atrocious. With him not in the game, Quincy Patterson, I think, is the the quarterback there. Um, transferred in from I think North Dakota State. Uh, he just he does not have that offense does not run the same with him as it does with EJ Warner. EJ Warner slings it around against Navy yesterday. Twenty seven out of thirty three, four hundred and two yards, four touchdowns. He did have two picks, uh, but Temple handled Navy at home yesterday. So that was a Big-time spot for E.J. Warner, of course, Kurt Warner's son. Clemson running back Phil Maffa is my other guy. And it's not so much like the efficiency numbers and whatever. 
Will Shipley being out was a pretty big deal for this game. Man, Phil Moffa had 36 carries for 186 yards and two touchdowns against Notre Dame's defense. I mean, absolutely just ran all over. And we could talk about Clemson's offensive line if we want to. They had some dudes down, and we're still able to get some uh, some push on the ground. But, whoo, Moffa was a big part of that. Man, he was taking dudes with him down the, down the field. So that was a lot of fun. But, uh, but yeah, my, my two, Temple quarterback EJ Warner and Clemson running back Phil Moffa. Those guys were awesome yesterday. Uh, that Clemson-Notre Dame game, I, I don't have it on our list of, like, deep dives. Well, that's, you had to see that coming, right? That's mm-hmm. I, I believe Circa out in Vegas. If uh, if I remember correctly, Circa was taking like four to one the the amount of tickets on Notre Dame that they were getting on Clemson. And I get it because Clemson lost two straight games and all that, but like that was still not a bad team. And you saw it yesterday. Like they just they they whipped up on Notre Dame, especially early, and then held on late. Did uh, did you get to see much of that game? I watched a little bit of it, and I was like, "Holy cow!" Yeah. Like, uh, oh, just <laughs> such high hopes for Notre Dame, and it's just like, oh, it's just tumbling away. And, and then somebody texts me, and they go, "Notre Dame just sucks." I'm like, "Well, <laughs> Notre Dame fans are ready to hire Sean Lewis, like yeah, Colorado they, they demoted just... him, and uh, and now they're like, hey, you think you can come over here and run like that veer and shoot stuff? Like you think?" You think you can maybe do some of that stuff over here? It's like, ugh. The the offense was... I, if they ran one more screen pass on, like, third and long or uh, or ran uh, Estime on, like, third and medium again, it's like, could y'all come up with something that's not predictable? Like, I don't even watch the team that much, and I knew exactly what they were going to play. Like, I knew what they were going to do. So if, you, if I know what they're going to do, my God, you know Clemson knows. Oh, yeah. Oh, irritating. Very irritating if you are a, uh, a an Irish fan. Uh, let's move over to our CFP top four right quick. And Matt, do you want to start us off here? Yep, I don't think mine's changed much. Still yeah, got I, Michigan I, number one. I think we're at a spot, right, where like we're just uh, we're waiting on one of these teams to lose mm-hmm. or somebody to beat somebody, you know, a little bigger. Like I, I think we're just kind of in a standstill spot right now. Yeah. It just feels like, okay, we're going to start weeding teams out. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. So Michigan is is one for you. Oh, yeah, because they just show up and just do the work. I mean, yeah, whatever, they're stealing signs or whatever, but they're still still doing the work. Still got to do the work. And I'm actually a little excited because people are saying Harborough to the Bears. So keep stealing the signs let me get out of here you you are a bears fan so. yes this, <laughs> right on over into the bears <laughs> well, you know got, who the uh who the bears president is and that's uh the former big 10 commissioner kevin warren i don't i, I don't believe that their relationship is great so i don't know that that's gonna happen but uh who knows i mean if you're yeah. just trying to win games uh, few can do it as well as harbaugh so, all right, so Michigan's one. I, I've got Georgia one on mine. I bumped them up. The resume is starting to look a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and they show up when they need to. Like, that's a, a big part of it. Michigan, like, I've I have I've got them down at three. I've got Ohio State two right now uh, because 
Michigan continues to do the same thing. And yes, they're dominant. And yes, they're killing teams and whatnot. My opinion on it has changed a little bit because the the wins that they've got are just looking worse and worse. And until I see them against Penn State, I'm going to have them at three. Like I, I might bump them up to one after next weekend if they just come out and throttle Penn State. But for now, that's that's where I've got them. Who uh who have you excuse me who you got two and three on this? So Georgia and then FSU, like you said, Georgia is showing up now. Now it's like oh. Okay. <laughs> okay. They it's are, time to flip the switch. Let's go. Okay. Yeah. You're, you're not. You're not screwing around with teams. You're. You're sticking to it. Like watching uh, was yesterday with uh, uh, Missouri. Yeah. Like, okay. And then, and then Florida State. And I, who did who did they play? I'm blanking. I watched the game and I am uh, Pitt yesterday. Pitt. Uh, yes. But they had Keon Coleman out and they had Johnny Wilson out. It, yeah. Like they were just going through the motions. Yeah, you know, do what you got to do to get a win, but yeah, they, uh, until they, the ACC they, championship, they don't really like. They're not worried about anything. Like they they've got yeah. Miami this week, so that was a look ahead spot yesterday. We'll see, we'll see. Yeah. So, uh, so Florida State three. I'm going to assume you have Ohio State four, or do you? Did you bump Washington up? Washington. Oh yeah, I, I don't. I don't like the fact when you have two teams from the same conference who are going to play each other in the top four. It's like, no, you cannot do that because you one pick of the one teams the is going to, is going to knock the other one out. <laughs> now, granted, I do. Ohio State doesn't seem like they're the same team early in the season when they were just like, oh, it just kind of took them a little while to get going. Now they're like, hey, like Jordan, we woke up, we're we're playing really well. I'm still thinking that Michigan is just going to be really ticked off. We want our shot. You know, we're tired of hearing about them. So that's kind of how I'm viewing it. But I think, I think, uh, Washington and now my team on the outside, Ohio State and, um, Oregon. That's so I've got, I've got Florida State four, I've got Washington five, and then I've got Oregon six. And that's, I think that this is breaking down. It, past the top four, I think it's almost exactly that, right? I, I think, mm-hmm. you know, Washington has to be ranked ahead of Oregon because they beat them. Like, I think Oregon has looked a lot better, but in that yes. one game, you know, Oregon missed that field goal, game over. Uh, you get to seven, I think you got to have Texas ranked above Alabama, right? So mm-hmm. Texas got to be seven, Alabama's got to be eight. Well, then Ole Miss is up there. Uh, they've only got one loss. It's two Alabama, so you can't rank them ahead of Alabama. So, Alabama got to be eight. Ole Miss has got to be nine. And then you got Penn State, who until yesterday, you saw nothing from the offense that gave you any kind of belief that they'd be able to win games against teams like Michigan and whatnot. But now I've got Penn State at 10. So I think a lot will change this coming weekend. Ole Miss going to Georgia. Uh, mm-hmm. Bama gets Kentucky at home. Texas, uh, I don't even remember who Texas is playing this week. Uh, but I'll be able to tell that here in just a minute. I do know Penn State and Michigan play. And that will be, like, we will figure that out. We, we won't have to worry about that. Um, Texas plays at TCU on Saturday. Have they announced the time for this? I am so tired of these six-day windows. Like, if, if you notice that? Like, it, there's some weeks where it's just, it's done way ahead of time. Nope. Yeah. Still to be determined. We'll know this afternoon. I suppose. <laughs> yeah. Well, I will say where I am, everybody's going to be going nuts for this. It's going to be burnt orange and purple. Yep. 
Yep. It's going to be gross. <laughs> it's going to be gross. Oregon gets USC. Does USC get off the mat? We'll we'll talk about that here in a little bit. Uh, but yeah, so that's our that's our top ten. Let's um, let's go on and jump into the games. You ready to do that? Oh yeah. All right. We'll start off. Of course, the the final SEC on CBS doubleheader, the prime time CBS SEC game, was of course Alabama forty two, LSU twenty eight, and uh. Let me change this around right quick so that there we go. Bump that and pull it up. Okay. This was a fun game until uh fourth quarter. Really? Alabama goes up by two touchdowns, and then that was kind of all she wrote. Mm-hmm. Um I want to pull up the well, first off, the numbers were eerie, right? Everybody talked about how good Jaden Daniels is and all this. Jaden Daniels, 15 out of 24, two touchdowns, one interception passing. And he ran the ball 11 times for 163 yards. Jalen Milrow, 15 of 23 passing for 219 yards, exact same yardage. No touchdowns, no interceptions. But he ran the ball 20 times for 155 yards, four touchdowns. Uh, These two quarterbacks were in their bag. Absolutely Mm -hmm. doing whatever they wanted to. And the real difference in the game was the turnover from LSU. Uh, they they went a certain length with not getting stopped at all. LSU did. And in the second half, even with Jaden Daniels in, this was, like, Alabama's defense did well. Like, I, I thought they did really, really well in this spot. What uh, What were your takes on this one? I was very surprised the first half. Like, wow, they're they're just going back and forth and back and forth. And then, like you said, then it got to the second half, and Bama ran away. And it really seemed when it when uh, Daniels went out. So he had they were checking him for a broken jaw. Yeah. And then I mean I understand yeah you want to go for the concussion protocol, any kind of headshot like that. And that really that really seemed like the difference. He came out and it just. Well, yeah, and there was nothing LSU's offense could really do because with Garrett Nussmeyer, yeah, he can pass the ball, but mm-hmm. you try and bring him in in the middle of a game, yeah. uh, the chemistry is off a little bit. Malik Neighbors not great at like catching contested passes, and you don't have that same. Alabama could basically either they could bring pressure, or they could just sit back and probably get pressure with their down four, uh, because of course LSU did have some some guys banged up on that offensive line. Mm-hmm. There were different ways to attack Nussmeyer than there is to attack Jaden Daniels. If you get too aggressive, Daniels can break off a 40-yard run on you. Nussmeyer ain't going to do that. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's not an issue. So you could just sit back in coverage and not worry about things. So uh, it was it was interesting. You know, when Jaden Daniels went out, they were already down two touchdowns at that point. And the reason behind it was, you know, the turnover. And mm-hmm. before this game, so my pops was at the game and he was texting me. And when LSU went up 28 to 21, he said, I would onside kick every single time from here on because we cannot stop. Them. And I said, eh. I said, look, here's the rankings for turnover margin, right? For, for giveaways per game, LSU was number four in the country in giveaways per game. 
they gave it away 0.63 times per game. So less than one turnover given away per game. And I said, eh, you know your defense is pretty good. Like, I'd probably give it a couple more drives and just see if regression hits because at some point, they are going to turn the ball over. Why not think it's going to happen on the road in a crazy buzzsaw environment like this because Tuscaloosa mm-hmm. was wild last night. Yes. Uh, and then, of course, pass gets batted. You know, Dallas Turner interception, all that. Like, it, it changed the game. It completely flipped things because it put Alabama in a spot where LSU was going to have to get a stop, and they couldn't get stops. Mm-hmm. So it was it was a wild game. Uh, I I was just... What what were you most impressed with in this? What was uh, was maybe Jalen Milrow? Uh, what you were most impressed with, or was it something else? He did look a lot different in this game. He he did. I was like, what, is, is this is this the same guy from from before? Like it, totally different. But it always seems like that with Alabama. Primetime game, they are always so up yes. on a primetime game. It's like you never. Again, a Mississippi State fan, It's it was always like, oh, Mississippi State's doing really good. We're going to play Alabama on the Saturday 7 o'clock game, you know, at Tuscaloosa. It's like, oh, crap. Like, you can't. <laughs> Couldn't we get a nooner? Like, <laughs> Yeah, just get one that Legos flies under the radar and you can sneak up on them. But, yeah, I mean, with him rushing the ball, throwing, I was, I was, I was way more impressed in this game. It was, uh, it was a different game. They have done something the past – three games where they're running Jace McClellan a lot in the first half, and he's kind of the shiftier, you know, run side-to-side guy, right? He can he can get from sideline to sideline pretty quick. In the second half, they bring in Roy Dale Williams, and this dude is, he's a bruiser, but he's also really quick, too. Like, he's kind of fidgety, you know, he's got some, he twitches a little bit. Uh, Roy Dale, in this game, you didn't need him much in the second half. But six carries for 56 yards and one touchdown, he was a battering ram in that mm-hmm. second half. Like, he was, he was absolutely awesome. 9.3 yards per rush. Uh, Jace McClellan ran 14 times, 63 yards uh, for one touchdown, four and a half yards. Uh, the running game appears to be working. Like, mm-hmm. the offensive line has gotten fixed for Alabama. Uh, now, granted... This is an LSU defense that, you know, like it, most people are going to be able to do this to this LSU defense. But I think it was promising for an Alabama team that now has Kentucky, UT Chattanooga, and Auburn left on the schedule. Um, you know, getting some things right as you get into November, right? Yeah. I, I, I was impressed with that, too, with them running the ball. Like, dang, they're just running it right down their throats. Yeah, they, I mean, they they just, they whipped them. They whipped them. Uh, looking at the gameonpaper.com stuff, uh, there were multiple shots where it looked like LSU was going to find a way to come back and win the game. Uh, the game excitement index is pretty high up there because it did flip back and forth so many times. These offensive numbers are crazy. <laughs> like, absolutely crazy. Uh, EPA per play, Alabama 97th percentile at .42 per play. Success rate, way up there. Yards per play, way up there. Uh, EPA per dropback, 
not great, but then EPA per rush for both of these teams was like every time they ran the ball, the expected points added for the team was basically half a point, like <laughs> which is just absolutely wild. Uh, both defenses terrible in defensive run stuff rate, uh, and then havoc rate. You know LSU six percent, Alabama four percent, not great, but. I think you got to scheme a little differently for offenses like this. So both teams did really what they had to do, and I think the difference, honestly, in the game was the turnover. Uh, you tend to agree with that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. It, it, that, that also just seemed to like suck the wind out of them. Yes. Yes. And then, because and then you know, then Daniel goes out and it's like, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Then it was a ball game. I mean, that was game set match. Yeah. And so it was a it was a wild one. Cheers to uh, cheers to the tide. I've been bad mouthing them all year. Nothing for me to bad mouth in this one. Like they, <laughs> like they just they look good. So, cheers to that. We uh, we move ahead, and of course, we got to talk about this one. We got to talk about this one. Uh, Bedlam, the final Big Twelve iteration of Bedlam, and Oklahoma State gets the win, twenty seven twenty four. I was excited. I bet on this one. I had a feeling that Oklahoma State was going to be super fired up for this. And as you see down here, Oklahoma State did have one turnover. It led to zero points for Oklahoma. On the other side, Oklahoma, three turnovers that led directly to 10 points for Oklahoma State. And that was the difference in the game. It was a three-point game, 10 points off turnovers. I mean, you can do the math. You can do the math. Uh, As Solid Verbal calls him, comedy legend Alan Bowman it was 28 out of 42 for 334 yards passing. Ollie Gordon, not the most efficient day, only 4.2 yards per carry, but he ran the ball 33 times for 137 yards. Oklahoma State looks fantastic. And now they've got all the Big 12 newcomers standing in their way of a Big 12 title spot. Huey, what did you think about this one? I was I just thought Oklahoma, well, okay, okay. I'm like, okay. I know we were kind of talking bad about Oklahoma State earlier this year. Like, they just weren't looking really good. They got beat 33-7 to by South Alabama. Yeah. It, That's, it, there's yeah, nothing early, good to say about that. <laughs> yeah, it, it was. And, and I'm thinking, like, okay. And then they picked it up and Lincoln. Uh, I think Oklahoma's just not just – this, this, this isn't it for Oklahoma. And, they, boy, the, they, the Red they River came thing, out – changed everything for them it changed everything for them they started po- they tattoos with horns down and the fan base had basically celebrated like oh we're going to the playoff or at least we're going to the big 12 title game all it's like they thought the season was over yeah I, you still had games at Kent, and i understand if you are an oklahoma fan you are absolutely going to overlook these games because they have had such wild success against these teams but this is still a tough conference. Mm-hmm. Like it's not the best conference, but you go on the road, you know, to Lawrence and and to Stillwater. I mean, those that's tough places to win, man. Oklahoma State looked like they wanted it so much more. Oh. Just the energy that they were playing with, and Oklahoma. I mean, I understand. Like they were, they were like, okay, we're playing with this calm. We're going to play our game. We are just going to go. But they just didn't have like a fire to them. I, I was like, it just. You're just not like, this is a rivalry. Just go nuts. Yes. 
And I think like it seemed like they were coming in like we're the better team, we're going to win. This is what I was talking about. Yeah, and it. <laughs> Look at the expected points in this. How it drops like all the way down here. Like it, you, it, at the end of it, Oklahoma State was negative point five one uh, expected points added, and Oklahoma by the their last offensive play was negative point oh two. I mean, it was EPA per play was pretty terrible in this. Uh, neither team great in EPA per rush. Uh, neither team great. You know, Oklahoma State's numbers wouldn't tell you that they should have won this game. Uh, but obviously, turnovers, they matter quite a bit. So when you're looking at that, it's like, eh, okay. Um, you look at things like uh, special teams, et cetera. I, man, because I had bet on Oklahoma State, I was so irritated at Drake Stoops. That kid, I I was so mad at that kid. Uh, he was awesome. Like he would mm-hmm. twelve receptions, one hundred thirty-four yards, one touchdown. I was like, a Stoops is gonna beat him again. It's so frustrating. Uh, I thought Oklahoma played okay, but like Oklahoma State, this was perfect for them. Time of possession, yeah. thirty-seven minutes for Oklahoma State. They just kept the ball away from them. And so, I, any other takeaways uh, from this one that you uh, that you felt? No, I almost gave my Heisman Award to the to the fan section, to, to the student section with that. the paddles and all that. I do, man. <laughs> Lugan Bill having his uh, his decibel counter thing, yeah. and like measuring how far it was from the back of the end zone over to the stands. <laughs> Ooh, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. They I'm were, gonna they miss were that ready for that. Yeah, they were ready for that. Yes. Yes, they were. Uh, 114 consecutive meetings between those two. And I can't remember what they said was number one, but regardless, that is that's a lot of years in a row of playing the same team. And now, you know, you heard about them uh, playing Taylor Swift afterwards, right? Oh, like, we are never, ever getting back together or whatever. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> it's so petty. I missed that part. Oh, it's so petty. I love it. I love it. it. Cheers to Mike Gundy. Mike Gundy's comments after the game were so awesome. Did you see his post game press conference? Oh, I missed that. Okay, so I let me let me pull up my Twitter because I retweeted it so that I could keep up with it, and uh, I should have put it down in my notes, but I didn't want to write the whole thing out. So he they asked him about. You know what? What are you gonna do after a win like this? When you get home, like all that, whatever. Um, here we go. Here we go. As a matter of fact, I'll show it on the stream. Uh, Brandon Marcello, Mike Gundy says he likes to go home after games, take notes on upcoming opponents on TV, and drink Diet Coke. Quote until I get double vision, and then I'll go to bed. And after his press conference, I asked him what his favorite flavor of Diet Coke he prefers. He said, "Well, I love whiskey." <laughs> it said uh it said gundy says he's been drinking loyal and true reserve by Town distilling company which is the official bourbon of oklahoma state he said usually when i get home the old ladies drank it all it's gone he said the bottle celebrates the year of the cowboy and then marcello said hell maybe it is so <laughs> oh that guy's so much fun He's uh he he's an original. He's definitely he is. is. 
Mm-mm-mm. All right, we'll move, we'll move ahead in the action, as the SEC network would say. And let's move over to, oh, first, 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 hold on. Let me tell everybody about Tickets Martyr. You know, i got to get the ads in. Uh, yeah. Tickets are expensive, super expensive. And that's whether it's going to concerts or any of these, like, gigantic games that are coming up. Oklahoma State uh, against whoever in the Big 12 title game, I guess Texas. That's going to be an expensive ticket. Um, Alabama-Auburn, Ohio State-Michigan, Mich- etc. Ticket Smarter is where you need to go get your tickets. Ticketsmarter.com or the Ticket Smarter app. Use the pr- excuse me promo code WCE10 or WCE20. I've got the hiccups. Do you hear this? Where the hell did this come from? Yeah, I'm wondering that. Hold on. I was looking up your Twitter thing. Oh, there it is. Maybe a little bit of that Gundy whiskey there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I might might need some whiskey. That is crazy. (laughs) Go to Ticket Smarter. Buy your tickets. WCE 10, WCE 20. It's going to get you 10 bucks off an order of $100 or more, or 20 bucks off an order of uh, 300. 300 or more. I have never had this happen before. This is absolutely insane. <laughs> this has to be your clips. Use these clips. Go. <laughs> Whoo wee. Okay. Here. The possum, they let the possum in. You, you talk for a second. I'm going to go fill up my coffee, okay? <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. All right. Let's, uh, we'll go to the next one. We'll go to the next one over here. Texas. Kansas State. So Texas 33, Kansas State 30 in overtime. I was surprised by this. I thought Texas, the way that they came out in the beginning, that they were just going to really run away with it. And, and, and they did. They looked really good. I had the game on. Of course, like I said, live here in Texas. So, yes, it's always going to be on. But uh, very surprised Kansas State coming out in that second half. I know he's going to pull up all the, the stuff here in just a, a moment. But uh, the big win. I'm also – somebody did bring this up. Um, when are they going to put Archie Manning in? Arch Manning. Not Archie. Arch Manning. When are they going to let him play a little bit? I know people are talking all about that. But uh, uh, I was surprised by that. But uh, Kansas Kansas State just kept fighting in that game coming back let me get over this hiccup hiccuping <laughs> I'm glad I didn't start the full game breakdown <laughs> yeah that would have been bad it was me fumbling oh, me fumbling through Texas and Kansas State I, I was I thought Texas was going to run away with it in the beginning oh man that Kansas I, I think everybody out. did, right? Yeah, I think everybody thought that. Boy, that was wild. I've never gotten yeah. hiccups in the middle <laughs> in the middle of a show. I've been doing this for seven years. That is uh that's wild. All right, uh, let me let me pull up the stuff. All right, pull it up on the screen. Yeah, Texas thirty three, Kansas State thirty, and who boy, this was uh this one got hairy. For a little bit. Mm-hmm. I mean, real hairy. Uh, it started out, you know, it looked like Texas was going to just run away with this thing. And 
And then in the fourth quarter, Kansas State 16 points and missed a field goal. Missed an extra yeah. point and a field goal. <laughs> yes. I forgot about that. Uh, like it probably if, if they hit the extra point, they probably win the game. Yes. That, that's what I was like. If they had hit that extra point, could have been all the difference. But at the same time, like just overall on the day, like Will Howard was fantastic. Like 26 out of 42, 327, four touchdowns, one interception. But he wasn't like... I found it odd that they didn't use Avery Johnson that much, right? Like, because he had had kind of become a pretty integral part of the offense. And he was in... He had one pass, and he had one rushing attempt for negative one yards. And this dude has been awesome. So... That kind of surprised me that they didn't find a way to get him a little more involved in the offense. But, man, you look at these rushing numbers uh, for Kansas State, and this is this is not a recipe for them to be able to win games. 29 attempts rushing for 33 total yards. Now, sack-adjusted rushing yards, they had 55. But that, that's still 2.1 yards per rushing attempt. Like, Texas ran the ball all over 230 mm-hmm. sack adjusted rushing yards here like they were they were awesome Malik Murphy still not fantastic but again you're going against a really tough Kansas State defense like Texas really kind of, it felt like they were trying to give the game away yeah I mean it was just wild to watch and then you get to overtime do you blame Kleiman for uh, for going for that fourth down in overtime? Like, the kicking game had already kind of been a disaster. They missed an extra point. They missed a field goal. They did hit the one to get to overtime. Um, and I kind of felt like, man, if uh, if you had kicked that field goal, and it, it, granted, you got to trust your, your field goal kicker to be able to do that. Um, but if if you had hit that field goal in overtime and then come out and score again, in the second overtime, that puts so much pressure on Malik Murphy. Like, he, you want to talk about pressure on a kid that is making his second ever start? And it's at home, but this is basically for, you know, your Big 12 championship life. Mm-hmm. Now, <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know that I blame him for going for it because obviously you're in a hostile environment. You want to just walk it off and get the win if you can. But... Ooh, man, I kind of I was rethinking that one. Yeah, I I look at it as you know, Texas. What, what are they seven at this yeah, point? Yeah, seven, seven in, in the rankings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is Kansas State ranked? Are they? Mm-hmm. Twenties some. Uh, yeah, they were they were lower twenties, I believe. Yeah, so lower. Tw- okay, so you are coming into this game, you fight your way back, fourth, four. Uh, just go. For, leave it all on the field. Yeah. Just go for it. Because if it's like, well, we're going to play conservative, Texas is a really good team. Could they just take advantage of that? Going, hey, we, we went for it. You know, your fans aren't sitting there going, well, you should have went for it. Like, well, we did go for it. <laughs> we, we went after them. That's what we did. We didn't after them. You'd be upset if we were conservative on it and you're upset if we're, you know, but just going for it. Kansas just leave it on. That's what I feel like. By the way, okay, that's what I thought. Twenty-three, yeah. okay. 
Right? But yeah, you just you just go you just go for it. You just leave it out there. Hey, you didn't get it, but dead gum, you tried. Yeah, yeah, you sure did. I I was I was interested uh, in this one. Obviously, I mean, you're wanting to see what's what's happening. Uh, here, we'll pull this back on the screen. It for the majority of the game, it as you said, it looked like Texas was just going to run away with this thing. Mm-hmm. At one point, play number one thirty-two, the winning percentage uh, or winning probability for Texas was ninety-eight point four, and then I mean by play one forty-four, it had completely flipped to where Kansas State was you know sixty-five point five percent that they were going to win the game, and it at the end it just goes back and forth, back and forth. So just bonkers. Absolutely. Bonkers. I saw. I saw somebody was talking about like when are they going to let Arch Manning get some snaps in there? Man, Arch Manning, Arch Manning, Arch Manning. Uh, if Ewers is going to be out for an extended amount of time, it might not be a bad idea because, like, I think they can beat everybody else in the Big Twelve by doing that, right? Like by by putting Malik Murphy out there. If if Ewers gets hurt again, like going into the playoff or something, you're going to need somebody that can throw the ball better because Murphy, it's not even decision-making. It's like the accuracy issues are just, eh, you know, there's there's just issues. Uh, their remaining schedule here, TCU, Iowa State, Texas Tech. Eh, you know, it, you, you should be, you could put Murphy out there for the rest of those and just run to a win. That that offensive mm-hmm. line and their defensive line are dominant enough that you're going to win out, regardless. I think. But you know, at the same time, like when you're not going to blow the red shirt on Arch right now, and it no. it shouldn't matter anyway because if Arch is as good as advertised, then he's only going to be there for a few years anyway. And so, I don't know. I uh, I I would play him just to make sure you got depth but you know I wouldn't be I wouldn't be too concerned with it right now <laughs> let's see we are 42 minutes in let's uh let's knock out the rest of these games right quick um we'll move back over to the SEC Ole Miss 38 Texas A&M 35 and brother uh Jimbo four losses now let's start with that okay let's let's not Let's not do the game just yet. Let's talk about the narratives surrounding it. Jimbo's record is putrid. As the coach at Texas A&M, his buyout is still in the uh, 70-plus million dollar range, 75 or some some odd number. Um, now, their starting quarterback has gone down, but this is another road loss, and you, you can say, like, ah, you know, another loss to Ole Miss. Like, we should be better than Ole Miss. But Ole Miss is a top-10 team. So, you know, like, at Lane Kiffin always has something drawn up for this because he does not like Jimbo Fisher. I'm, if you were Texas A&M, and you know those guys have got the money to do this if they want to, would you go ahead and fire Jimbo Fisher at the end of this season or would you wait another year, let that buyout drop into the 60s, and and then figure out what to do with it? Or like, do you just chalk it up to, ah, eh, we had to play a backup quarterback who was actually pretty good in the game, but it seemed like this team just kind of threw up all over themselves late in this ballgame? 
What uh, what would you do on this situation? I I just feel this really weird thing about Jimbo where it's. I mean, I said this before. When your employer doesn't like you, and he's like, "Hey, you still want me to show up every day and do a really good job," or or if it's like, "Hey, I can go through the motions and I and I'm still gonna get paid no matter what." But I, I know A and M, they want they want to be playing for SEC West titles. They keep talking about they were talking about that number one recruiting class they got several years ago. And it's not paying off. So I understand that they want they want to start winning. Yes. They want so I, I could see like they go ahead and fire him or buy him out and let's bring on the next guy. Let's 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 get those, you know, title chances that they want every every year, but I don't see that ever happening. But Well, that's the thing, right? It's like okay. Like the the crazy part so if one, if you <laughs> if you were to fire him like right now, who's who's your interim coach? Like yeah. is it is it DJ Durkin, who is the guy that got fired as the head coach at Maryland because of uh you know the the working conditions for the players? Uh or is it Bobby Petrino, who you know what happened with him at Arkansas and whatnot? Uh it's and same thing at Louisville. I mean they, the players just completely quit on him uh in Louisville. Um I mean, the, the offensive line coach is Steve Adazio. Like, that guy got fired by Boston College, was at Colorado State for two years, and the situation at Colorado State was so bad that uh, that he got fired after two years. <sighs> I mean, I just I – don't, I don't know what they would do. Like, yeah, I think you just yeah, – you yeah. would have to clean house, but, like, would you even want one of those guys as your interim head coach? And yeah, it, it's – Probably not. Right. Yeah, he's got this overall terrible situation of like, what what are we going to do? Yeah, just wait in the season, just get rid of them. But then you're going to suck. Well, you most likely you're not going to. I'm going to say suck. But maybe you just won't be as good until you get that next coach and his staff and his type of players and whomever. So it's it's you know, do we go ahead and start that now? Do we wait at least one more year, knowing that we're you know yeah that's that's the question right like it, it, the other part of this is man like you you brought in DJ Durkin from Ole Miss a couple of years ago and if you didn't think that Lane was going to have something drawn up for him oh yeah i mean good great look at this average yards per completion 16.1 Trey Harris had 11 receptions for 213 yards like, Quinshot Judkins did what he usually does, three touchdowns on the ground. He had 102 yards rushing on 23 carries. Like, they they averaged 7.8 yards per play against that Texas A&M defense. They, they really probably should have put up more points than they did. Mm-hmm. And, whew. I just, I, if I'm Texas A&M, I have no idea what I do here. Uh, but the question really is like, who do you go and hire? And if you're going to pay 70 some odd million dollars to fire Jimbo Fisher, do you go get Mike Elko, who was the defensive coordinator there that was so successful? And he's, of course, doing really big things at Duke right now. But like, is he doing big enough stuff at Duke for you to pay him 
nine to ten million dollars a year because that's kind of the going rate for your next coach. And if you're going to pay this other guy out seventy some odd million, then you got to give like a huge contract to the next guy. Like, are you sold enough on on you know Elko or or whoever? I, I don't I don't know. I I think I I might would keep him around for one more year, but. Like at some point you're gonna to have to rip the band-aid off. Oh yeah. I mean ugh, it was terrible. Uh Max Johnson was not terrible in this game. He was thirty one out of forty two passing, three hundred five yards, one touchdown, one pick. Um eight rushing attempts for four yards, right? So <laughs> I just A and M does this all the time. They are talented enough to stay in the game and to mm-hmm. make you really sweat. But they hadn't been able to get the wins, and that's yeah. uh, that's got to be frustrating. I always find that yeah, they are a super talented team. Always get really it's tough, but it's like it, it just doesn't get the big win. I just, I mean, this was a Jimbo special. Like one time of possession yeah. by like eleven minutes, like there was there was a lot that they were uh, they had going for them in this game. Like five of eleven on third down. Had 30 first downs in the game. But it, the typical stuff, right? Nine penalties for 72 yards. Uh, and I'll say with the penalty, I was going to nominate for Heisman, the the, uh, the offensive lineman Heisman, Micah Pet- Pettis for taking a shot <laughs> to the nuts right there and still playing. But then he then he kind of got brushed, you know, kind of got thrown around a little bit. Yeah. That was rough. That was, I was like, boy, you want to talk about losing your composure? Oh, I mean, gosh, I just, I can't. He, he took a, so the kid from A and M, like threw a nut shot, like it did not a not a nut shot, but like a punch, and he got up and and started swinging. Yes, and it wasn't even like there's players around you. You were by yourself near the quarterback where people are looking. Yes. And it's like, Oh, whoa, it was wild. Whoa. So I, who knows? Like who, <laughs> you got to keep your composure. Ay, ay, Um, the, uh, the back and forth here, like Ole Miss looked like they were going to win for the majority of the yeah. game. And, uh, and then you get down towards the end and it's like, Oh, Okay, like A and M's okay, something, and then of course it jumps right back up. It is what it is, uh, just just wild. And, and I will say, so the guy who blocked the kick at the end, that that was great. That was great. But but the commentators got me. We were talking to him before the game. No, you weren't. Would you? How did you know that you were specifically going to talk to this guy who's going to do this crazy play at the end? And I love him there. We were talking to him before the game. Really? You were talking to the third in line, you know, like kicker who got brought in on some play and it did some phenomenal thing. You knew to talk to him before the game? Nope. But I, I thought that was fun. That was a great block. That was, yeah, got in there and woo. Did it up. Did it up. Yeah. But when uh, they when they said that, we talked to him before the game. No, you didn't. Like, <laughs> quit lying. Like, quit <laughs> Specifically, uh, the one guy, the game-saving play, we talked to him specifically. Like, well, and, and, and hey, maybe, maybe, maybe they maybe actually they did. did. Maybe, maybe they did, but 
Odds are probably not. Yeah, and it's like this guy. Nah, nah. I don't buy it. I don't buy it. Let's uh let's move on to uh, the last game of the day, and then we'll try and run through. I know uh, French wanted us to talk about New Mexico State. Uh, Douglas wanted to talk about Bo Nix a little bit. We'll hit on some of those. Um, Washington fifty two, USC forty two, and the second quarter is where this thing went sideways for yeah. USC. Uh, totally artich Washington five seventy two, USC five fifteen. Where do we where do we stand on the star quarterback taking a third loss on the season and jumping up into the stands to like violently cry on his mother? Because uh, Robert Griffin the third was very much like man, like I love the emotion, I love, you know all this kind of stuff, and uh, and then. You see it, and it's like, I don't know that I want my quarterback acting like that after we lose a game. Like, I think I want my quarterback to, like, go back into the, you know, back to the drawing board and, like, we got to get this win and, like, get fired up, get mad about, like, I don't want him crying. Right? Because didn't he do this early? He didn't do, like, this where he's, like, just violently crying. Mm. But, like, the body language on this team has been bad all year. Like, you and I have talked about it. It has been, yeah. I don't, I don't know what to make of this Caleb Williams stuff. Like, did, did that look like maybe his last game, or I don't, I don't. Tell me, tell me your thoughts on that whole thing. Well, I mean, I, I guess it real emotional game. You didn't get the win. It's like, man, it's. I'm not going to go out the champ that I thought, and and I can see that. I don't get my shot to play for a Pac-12 championship. You know, I, I don't get to play for – because that's how you want – hey, I want to win the conference title. I want to win the Heisman. I want to win the national title. And I go out on top. Well, then you lose it. So, you can be upset. Also, I understand, like, with an emotional game and you're really fired up, sometimes the only way that people can come down for it is they just burst into tears. And, I, and I've I've met people that – that's the only way they can emotionally come down is they just like cry their eyes out. And then it's like, oh, okay, just because it's just coming down. But, but yeah, I, I think, <laughs> and, and I can see like this, I mean, Tebow did the same thing. Yeah. His last game he, he, well, calling you know, you Alabama fans just no, rode his we, rear end on that. We lit it him was, up. We lit him up. Gosh. <laughs> it was like, I was like, oh. <laughs> but See, that's, I mean, what, what are the comparisons? Like, I'm just, it, this is so not what you are used to seeing. Yeah, but, but I would see, like, Tebow, when he lost during the season, he came back saying, we're going to play harder. We're going to do this. But he was upset at like the conference. You know, this this was a championship game. Right. It wasn't a regular season game. And in but this situation, I mean, it's USC's second Pac-12 loss. Yeah. Uh, but it's, I mean, it's not like they're completely out of it. Like, I, I don't know. They're probably not going to win... Um, I mean, they they may have like five losses this year. It might yeah. It might get bad. Uh, pulling up their schedule right now, 
Yeah, they got Oregon and UCLA left. Like, eh. that Utah win, yeah. or that Utah loss stings. Um, and lost both of those at home. Yeah, at home. And then they got... But here's the thing. UCLA like they're still, at home. They're 5-2. and two Yeah. In the conference. So, like, legitimately, all you have to do is beat Oregon this week. Mm-hmm. Which is, I mean, it's a late game, and it's in Alton. But it's not like you're out of it. So, why... And I, I get where you're coming from with, you know... Like, you give everything you got and just emotionally coming down, like, that's the only thing that you can do. But, like, whew. It's a, the, the body language and just everything around this team yeah. has been so off this year. Uh, it, cheers to Washington. Look fantastic. Yeah. I mean, Nick, uh, Michael Penix, 22 out of 30, only had to throw the ball 30 times in this game. Uh, 256 yards, two touchdowns, and one interception. Dylan Johnson, of course, 26 carries, 256 yards, four touchdowns. Um, the the receiving core for Washington is awesome. The offensive line looks fantastic. Their yeah. defense, like, and go go ahead with the offensive line again. I know I know you're wanting to jump in on that, right? Oh yeah, no, I, I was yeah um, Troy and then Roger um, Rosengarter, but they were running to the left. They yeah he got all his his a lot of his touchdowns they were going just manhandling them I'm like and USC had a pretty good defensive line and yeah getting a good push on them and it's the the, 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 the talent is there for USC yeah. right U, like, USC can always get really good talent it's just amazing that this defense is so bad. <laughs> it's week after week, and I get it, right? Because they're going up against Kalen DeBoer, who is just uh, an offensive genius, at, I think. And you got Michael Penix, who is top five quarterback in the country. Mm-hmm. You know, like he might be number one or two, but like certainly top five. And I get that you're going to give up yards to an offense like that. But, like, oh, it's week after week. with. The, I mean, Cal scored 49 on them last week. Probably should have beat them. And it just happens all the time. And and maybe that is it for Caleb Williams, where, like, I have done everything that I can possibly do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the one mistake where this game flipped is he, you know, turned the ball over. He's, did you see that stat where he's got the most fumbles in yeah, his career of any fumbles. active player? <laughs> Like thirty fumbles, thirty like, fumbles, and like seven lost. Like, what are you doing, dude? Yeah, like, well, he carries the thing around like. A, so my dad always taught oh, me, you you yeah. don't hold the football like you hold a loaf of bread. Like you better you better cradle that thing and make sure you got it tight in there. Uh, but he just carries that thing around, just you know, like I'm holding this cup here. Like he's just yeah. running around and, and and it's gonna pop out like that. Uh, and only lost seven. So that's kind of surprising. But it is what it is. He had two fumbles, lost one of them. Uh, it led to seven points. Now, granted, USC scored points off of a Washington turnover as well, but Washington put up 28 in the second quarter. <laughs> yeah. And that was it because they, they got that lead, and then that's what, like I guess, jump-started them for the rest of the ballgame. So... 
Ten nothing run in the fourth for uh, for Washington and held USC scoreless. That's a pretty big deal. Pretty big also, deal. Also, funny dude, we talking about like lost fumbles, like the offensive line, like offensive line, like the only time that you get really get to touch the ball is with a fumble. And and what is it? It's usually like you missed your block, and you're looking at your quarterback getting sacked, and then the ball kind of rolled to you. You're like, oh, I get the ball. And it's like you did something. You you failed at your job on this play, but at least you helped this and got the ball. <laughs> at least you got the ball. At least you got the ball. Oh yeah, yeah. And you were just standing there looking. Ah uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, you ready to rapid fire some of this? Oh yeah. So we'll we'll take another ten or fifteen minutes here and try and knock this out. All right, jumping into the SEC scoreboard here, and uh, and we're already we're already over an hour because of course we are. Uh, SEC Georgia thirty to twenty one over Missouri. This one was tighter than I thought it would be. Yeah. And I I wanted to bet Missouri before this game, but like there was just something about the way that Georgia was acting all week long about it. Parker called it like the the bless their hearts, like they're really good kind of thing. And I I was terrified of it. So I stayed off of it, but you know, it is is Missouri really good or is it just Georgia has these things every now and then that just you know, they'll they'll probably come out and beat Ole Miss by like four touchdowns next week. <laughs> yeah. So, do you get any? Uh, do you get any eyes on this one? I watched a little bit of it. Now, I I was pretty impressed watching Missouri stick with it, fighting with them, and but it did look like Georgia's like, hey, we're not going to mess around in this game. Third quarter, it certainly looked like they were just done. Like they were all right. We're about yeah. to put our foot down, and and that's it. So, um. Let's talk about Arkansas and Florida. It's amazing. You fired Dan Enos, and all of a sudden your offense looks a thousand times better, and your team looks happier and more willing to compete. Uh, this team put 39 on the board in the swamp, and they put three on the board at home against Mississippi State two weeks ago. Yeah. It is a different world week to week in college football, my friend. <laughs> it's so goofy. Uh, KJ Jefferson's awesome, and turns out when you have Rocket Sanders healthy, uh, yeah, you can do like big things. He had 18 carries for 103 yards. Arkansas was good. First time they've ever won mm-hmm. in the swamp. Really? Yeah, had no idea. No idea. So Florida is still uh, one win away from bowl eligibility, and so something to keep an eye on. Uh, Jacksonville State and South Carolina. South Carolina won by 10. They scored 10 points in the fourth. That was the difference in the game. The The third downs that Jacksonville State was converting were some of the most ridiculous, and I should have expected this from Richrod, but just this was a bonkers ball game. Uh, Auburn 31-15 on Vanderbilt. Nothing really to take away from that. Jarquez Hunter had 19 carries for 183 yards against Vanderbilt. <laughs> 19 from 183. I mean, that's, that's ridiculous. Um, yeah, just crazy. Uh, and then, you know, Kentucky and your boys, 24-3 uh, to 3 on Mississippi State. Is uh, is State going to be looking for a new coach? Yeah, we need to. I think he's still got that interim contract. So I don't think it's – it's not like it's going to cost some crazy buyout. Like, 
I feel bad for Will Rogers. Like you had all these stats coming in. Yeah. Drew jumped in on the chat. He said, what's up with the dogs the past two weeks? They're killing my parlays. Do you mean Mississippi State? I'm going to, I'm going to assume he means Mississippi State. Uh, that team, the Q word, uh, might be in play here. So what, what does State have left? Um, A&M, uh, Southern oh. Miss, and Ole Miss. At A&M, Southern Miss, they'll be able to get that one. And yeah. then Ole Miss. Ooh. You needed one of these last two games. Yeah. And they couldn't get it done. Yeah. Yeah, because so, they, Maybe A&M neutral. would just – yeah, may, maybe A&M just, like, again, screwy with y- – <laughs> yes. Like, that's, that's – that's, that's what I'm I'm hoping for. I'm not even looking forward to the Egg Bowl. I'm just going to watch it and and just turn my phone off so all the dead gum Ole Miss fans aren't texting and calling me. Oh. I mean, granted, I am married to one, but at least I was about she to understands. Say, like, <laughs> like you're, we you're, have you an agreement. Me and my wife have an agreement. You can gloat for that evening from the end of the game until you go to bed. You can get whatever you want. After that, you have to drop it. And That's we've a pretty had good, that pretty good rule. Yeah, and and we've had that for years. And but she doesn't really care about the game. She can't tell you two people on the team. She's like, well, those are the whatever. Worst. <laughs> yeah, and I also don't have a problem like this year. Ole Miss is the better team, and if Ole Miss comes out there and just beats them, that's fine. Okay, you won. But if it turns into this, like, oh, you were in the game and you like fumbled it away, like the, at the. You lost the game. Yes, that's, that's uh, my rant. That's another one of my rants. There, I'm uh, I'm excited for Thanksgiving, but not as excited or excited as I I would have been. Uh, yeah. had State been willing to put up a fight, but we'll see. We shall see. Um, move to the Big Ten. Ohio State 35 to 16 over Rutgers, and that game was uh way closer than that. Yeah, uh, this was. I mean, Rutgers was up nine to seven at the half, and I got to tell you, I've I've got questions about Greg Schiano and this Rutgers team, as you know, to what they were doing here, because you know, you're going to have to score touchdowns to beat Ohio State, and they got the ball inside the the ten, I think inside the five, three different times in that second quarter. And kick the field goals. I, why would you not go for? But you know you need touchdowns. Are you going to get that close again, like multiple times? Like I, I don't know. That was a that was a weird one. Uh, Michigan yeah. Purdue. You bet Michigan. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> that cover by Purdue late was uh, whatever. I mean, this Michigan team is absurd. Uh, Do you get any eyes on that one? Uh, I think I had it on, and it was just watching. It's like, jeez, like it, it's it's like that. Okay, we're gonna get the lead, or we're gonna put our we're gonna put the second and third team guys in, get some snaps in. Like it it hits a point in the fourth quarter. They are just totally relaxed, not yeah. worried whatsoever, and it's it, it it's it's just seeing them it's like we're showing up we're putting in the work early and then we're you know let our other guys go in there and play 
to this day, Michigan has not had a team get a first and goal against them. <laughs> like we're we're into we're moving into week eleven of the season, and nobody has had first and goal against this team. So they, they, if they've scored, they've scored from like further out, right? So that's that's pretty wild. That's pretty wild. Uh, Douglas jumped in the chat. I have a feeling Oregon's going to win the last Pac-12 title. Uh, I would agree with that. I mean, it, like Washington's undefeated, and Washington already beat them, but like Oregon's a better team. You put those two on a neutral, and you know, so long yeah. as they don't go over three on third or on fourth down, and uh, and turn the ball over. Yeah, that that team's set up for a a big big entrance into the Big Ten. Like they're they are recruiting like gangbusters right now. Uh, they they made a fantastic hire with Dan Lanning. Holy crap, did they make a good hire? <laughs> Whew. Uh Penn State fifty one, Maryland fifteen. Penn State scored twenty seven points in the fourth quarter. James Franklin does this all the time against Maryland. I, there was so much steam on Maryland bets coming in earlier this week, and I could not understand it to say I bet Penn State at ten and a half. I bet him at ten. And then the line dropped all the way down to eight. And I bet Penn State again at eight. Because and I don't know what the story is behind this. The only time Maryland has beaten Penn State under James Franklin was the COVID season. And James Franklin was the offensive coordinator for Ralph Regan at Maryland before he took the Vanderbilt job. And I think that Franklin wanted the Maryland job. But they didn't offer it to him. And now, I think now that he's at Penn State, he just enjoys beating their brains in every time they play. <laughs> like That's the only thing I can figure out. Like, they just, they destroy this team. Always cover the spread. Like, it is, mm-hmm. it's brutal. Absolutely brutal. Um, hey, Penn State has a passing game. Like, they didn't show it against Ohio State, but they've been working on that the last couple of weeks. Uh, they've been throwing the ball down the field. And, mm-hmm. yeah, I I think uh, it's going to be a fun game next weekend. Fun oh, game. Yeah. Penn State-Michigan is going to be a lot of fun. So, do you, do you feel anything about this one? Like, Talia Tonga-Valoa just, like, they, they took him out of the ballgame late. They were like, we are not going to get him bashed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <laughs> like, this, this is yeah, Penn State, you're yeah, watching that, like, ooh, they're just, they're just steamrolling there. Yeah. Uh, Wisconsin lost to Indiana. Uh, which means they are not going to be winning the Big Ten West. So, uh, Indiana. I mean, at first Big Ten win of the year, like what? What in the world? They fired Walt Bell, their offensive coordinator, and all of a sudden they can like do things. Like <laughs> they're like competitive against Penn State, and they beat Wisconsin. Like, what the hell is this? Uh, I mean, this was this is wild. Uh, Nebraska seventeen, Michigan State twenty. So Michigan State gets their first Big Ten win. Nebraska, uh, Nebraska has to win one more game to get to a bowl game, and they have got Maryland this week at Wisconsin or Iowa. They could win all three of those games. Mm-hmm. They have nine starters down on offense right now. Jeez. So like they could also lose all three of those. Yep. I I don't 
I think you really needed, really needed um, to win that game against Michigan State. Uh, but, I mean, who knows? I'll probably bet on them against Maryland this week. So, we'll see. Uh, Illinois, hey, Brad Bielema. That's what I'm talking about. Did you see the end of this ball game against Minnesota? No, I missed that one. 27-26, John Paddock comes in. He was the transfer from Ball State, I think. Luke Altmeyer has been the quarterback basically all season. John Paddock was the starter at Ball State and transferred to Illinois. Came in after uh, Luke Altmeyer got rocked and had to go out of the ball game. They were down by two points, and Paddock drove them down the field three for three for eight. I want to see the box score. Uh, but drove them down the field, and, and they kicked the game-winning field goal. Like, Paddock was awesome. There we go, 3-3 three three for 85 yards. He had one touchdown. Wow. Like, a late late wow. in that game. I mean, he was <laughs> whew, he was awesome. And so, yeah, uh, impressive. Impressive stuff. So, where, where did Paddock play? Was it Ball State? Come on, come on, come on. Is it, I can't see it. Uh, career stats, there we go. See all, yeah, Ball State. He was there for four years. So in this year, rocking and rolling, totally fine being a backup. Cheers to that guy. Uh, Iowa and Northwestern ten seven in Wrigley. <laughs> Did you see that this was the sixth highest scoring game in Wrigley this season? And the other ones were, of course, all baseball games. <laughs> May yeah, May's Ray jumped it. It was a last minute touchdown, not a field goal, not a field goal. I'm sorry. Yes, last last second touchdown uh, for Illinois. Fantastic, fantastic. So they, they bring in Johnny Watkins in that second half for Illinois, and it changed the entire ballgame. Minnesota could do nothing against them after that. Uh, Iowa and Northwestern was as brutal as you would possibly expect it to be. Like, the, the leading passer in this game was Brendan Sullivan. The quarterback had 81 yards passing. Wow. <laughs> wow. We had friends that were there. I had friends that were at this game. It is brutal. Like, how do you sit through this? Like, I, I would. I don't, I don't even know how you could. I, I, I'm speechless. I got nothing to say about this. <laughs> it's so disgusting. Yeah, I'm kind of stuck with it too. Like, what, what are you, what are you... it's so gross. Like, God, it's gross. Sixth highest and, scoring game. Yeah, that's. Yeah, uh, Iowa is seven and two. They are four and two in the Big Ten, and. They have the tiebreaker over Wisconsin. So Iowa is probably going to win the Big Ten West. So the Big Ten championship game that Fox just sold for like all this money in the offseason. Uh, yeah, that's going to be brutal. Whether it's Penn State, Ohio State, Michigan, whoever. They are going to destroy Iowa in that championship game. Uh, let's do the Pac-12 right quick uh, because Douglas is a Duck fan and wants us to talk about it. Um Oregon played with their food a little bit with Cal early yeah. uh, and then yeah, did did. <laughs> did what you expect, I guess. Like, 63-19. It was... That was disgusting, too. Bo Nix, like... He's got a legit chance at the Heisman. Mm-hmm. 386, uh, four TDs, one interception in this one. Like, Tez Johnson was awesome. 180 receiving yards on, on 12 receptions, two touchdowns. Um... 
Let's, let's talk about Boulder right quick. Oregon State 26-19 to over Colorado. And Colorado had to score two late touchdowns to get that cover. Uh, thoughts? What did you feel about this? So, the end of the first half, throwing the ball from your own end zone three times and then a short punt with the penalty <laughs> what, what do you what do you I'm like wh- why I can okay maybe the first time the first pass we're trying to catch him off guard we'll do a little screen catch him off guard why throw it again you got like, me like here's like, here's what I don't get uh they so the offensive coordinator Sean Lewis was demoted before this game which is wild to me because the only successful thing that this team has going for it was the veer and shoot that Sean Lewis runs right uh what Sean Lewis did at Kent State was incredible considering the circumstances Kent State is not a place where you can win. And he was able to win pretty consistently. And, yeah, he took this job because it's going to get him in the conversation for bigger jobs. Mm -hmm. But for them to demote him was insane. So Pat Shermer, the former NFL offensive coordinator, former NFL head coach, uh, came in as the offensive coordinator here. And I think they had 66 total yards in that first half. Uh, just yeah, just brutal. Um, and yeah, they, they got it going in the second half, but, I mean, my gosh, the way that they were playing with tempo in that second half, it kind of felt like... Uh, kind of felt like they were... like maybe going back to Sean Lewis. Like, <laughs> I, wasn't, I wasn't quite sure uh, what they were doing there, but regardless, uh, yeah, this was interesting. Did you see the end of the game for this one? No, I, I, I was... I, 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 it was getting late. I missed the end of it. I was watching this as I went to bed, and I could not figure out what Dion was doing. Like they, it, it looked like, like he didn't know the rules again. Like at, why he wouldn't onside kick when when they scored that touchdown late made like zero sense because Oregon State had scored on like four straight drives. Like your your defense was not getting a stop, so why, you know? And they called a timeout with like two seconds left. I, I don't know. It was really, it was weird. Um, and this team is just a wreck at this point. So at my, <laughs> I got to tell you, when they started out three and zero, I never would have imagined that that under four and a half ticket that I had from early early in the summer uh would still have a chance but their schedule remaining let's see they are four and five right now they got arizona they got to go to the palouse and they got to go to utah i don't think they're beating arizona i don't think they're beating Mm -mm. utah Mm -mm. and man i feel a lot better about that washington state game if uh if it was at home but you got to go to the Blues. Like, that, that ain't good. Whew, that's rough. Um, Utah and Arizona State. 
55 to 3. Did you see any of this? I missed that one. So Jeez. there was a, a late hit in this game against one of the Utah players. And I think that Utah would have taken their foot off the gas <laughs> if it hadn't been for that late hit. And I think Whittingham told them, run it up. Because that like they put up 21 in the fourth quarter. Um they I mean, they did whatever they wanted to against Arizona State. Like Arizona State had been putting up fights against basically everybody. And mm-hmm. uh yeah, this was this was rough. Uh, 27-10, Arizona gets the win over UCLA. Uh, once again, UCLA, terrible on the road. This Arizona team, your Mississippi State Bulldogs beat Arizona. They did. And Overtime. this team, I, they might be the second best team in the Pac-12. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they are They are ridiculous. Um, they just keep winning. And, and the numbers don't say that they should be, but, like, they just keep doing it. Uh, Washington State lost again, ten to seven, to Stanford, and that one was at home. Yikes! Uh, I, I mean, I got nothing. <laughs> I, I got nothing. Uh, Cam Ward. I don't know what happened. Um, yeah, I'm just uh, blah. Uh, Drew jumped in. Always a good show live or otherwise. Get a lot of info from uh, from Gary. Well, I appreciate that. Douglas said, "Love your work, guys." Appreciate that. And he said, uh, Drew said he's looking forward to uh, the Maxion breakdown this week. Got a couple good thoughts on spreads and over-unders. I have not been good in, uh, in Maxion. Uh, but I'm going to tell you, like, <laughs> if you if fade me, you're probably doing really well in Maxion. Because that conference is a, a disaster. Like, they are just all over the place. Uh, what, what else do we want to hit on? Uh, do we want to hit ACC, Big 12? We'll do ACC right quick, and then we'll we'll call it a day because it's it's an hour twenty already. Uh, Boston College got to bowl eligibility. Duke mm-hmm. with their third string quarterback beat Wake Forest on a Thursday night. Florida State just kind of showed up, um, did what they had to do to get a win over Pitt, who's not very good. Virginia Tech, I thought that they were improving, but they got run all over. Uh, yeah. The Garendo kid, eleven carries for one hundred and forty six yards and three touchdowns. Like, those Virginia Tech kids did not want to tackle that guy. Like, I don't know if you saw some of those runs. Like, they were <laughs> – it looked like some of those defenders were running away from that guy. He's He looks like a bowling ball running down the field. It's crazy. Uh, just just wild. Just wild. Uh, Notre Dame-Clemson, uh, did, you, did you have a thought on that game? I mean, I, we talked about it a little bit at the beginning, but, like, whew. Clemson is still a good team, and I, 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 I mean, like I said, Clemson's still like a, a good team, national title. Uh, so they're gonna play, but no, I don't. Yeah, Notre Dame, like, jeez, what, what? It's about what you expected from Notre yeah. Dame. Like at some point, it was gonna fall apart again, yeah. and it did. So. Uh, French jumped in. I'm still here. I've been enjoying watching your clips all season. Glad I caught you live finally. He said, love your show. Uh, have been posting YouTube links to uh, New Mexico State's fan forum. I am. All right, uh, real quick. North Carolina destroyed Campbell. Of course they did. Georgia Tech destroyed Virginia. Virginia had been playing better. Uh, you realize that if, if Georgia Tech had gotten that win over Louisville in week one, they would be in second place in the ACC right now? 
the team that lost at home to Bowling Green would be in second place in the ACC. Jeez. Just wild. Uh, Miami ACC is wild. Miami, uh, Tyler Van Dyke does not look right. Three interceptions at NC State, and somehow this putrid crap mm. NC State team is now six and three. I got no idea. I got no idea. Um, right quick, let's hit on CUSA for old French over here. Um, okay. Sam Houston got their first win of the season over Kennesaw State. That's good. Took 10 fourth quarter points for them to win by three, but regardless, uh, Liberty just destroying everybody in Conference USA, but their schedule is a complete joke, so the odds of them getting a New Year's Six invite, eh, slim to none. Slim to none, because uh, it is what it is. Uh, so Western Kentucky gets the win over UTEP, which, man, if they had lost that one, whew. Uh, UTEP, I think they're going to fire their coach because now they can't make a bowl. <laughs> but, uh, yikes. And finally, New Mexico State 13-7 to over Middle Tennessee. Uh, puts them at 7-3 and now, and New Mexico State might play for the Conference USA title. They are 5-1 and in the conference, and... Huey, I don't know that you and I have talked a lot about New Mexico State on these recap shows. I love Jerry Kill. Love Jerry Kill. He is so much fun. A former Minnesota coach. Uh, yeah. He, he came in and completely changed over this team. Their personality, their culture, just everything with them. They are so good. And they're so much fun to watch. This Diego Pavia kid, the quarterback is just so much fun to watch. I mean, I just, I, I don't even know. So he took a, the the Eli Stowers kid, right, who was a quarterback at Texas A&M, brought him in as, you know, a backup quarterback, had to find a way to get him on the field because he's so athletic. He had six receptions for 83 yards in this game. So you could just find a way to get these kids on the field somehow. They that team looks like they have so much fun. Defense have been playing lights out. Like New Mexico State's this is a fun, fun football team to watch. They uh let's see what their schedule is remaining. Cause they got uh three games left, I believe. Yeah. At Western Kentucky, at Auburn, and against Jacksonville State. So there's a chance they could lose out. But man, they've won five straight games. Should have won that game at Hawaii. Uh, the UMass game to start the season was just whatever. Like, <laughs> I still don't know what happened there. But uh, but this team, they're a lot of fun to watch. Hmm. Like, they're not going to be able to beat Auburn. Could they go in and beat Western Kentucky? Yeah. Let's see. Drew said a uh, package was hard to corral. Watched him here in Albuquerque during his high school games. Uh, Pavia is what he's talking about. Yeah, he he was a JUCO national champion quarterback. And goes to New Mexico State and just, like, this, this kid was number one in QBR over the last six weeks of last season in the country. Like, not not for independence, not whatever. He was number one in QBR in the country over the last six weeks last year. So, yeah. I mean, they, they win tight games. They go into games expecting to win, even on the road. I, I don't know. Like, this is a fun team. I love New Mexico State. Absolutely love them. That coaching staff is a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Uh, was there anybody else you want to talk about? Fresno State. Fresno, getting it eight, done. 8-1. Eight 
Man. 37 to 30 over Boise, so eight and one. Let's uh let's talk about the Mountain West Conference right quick. Um we're gonna go an hour thirty. That's absurd. Wyoming over Colorado State the other night. I this Wyoming stuff is the most irritating because there's no predictive numbers that would tell you that Wyoming should be six and three right yeah. now. But teams have like missed field goals against them and turned the ball over in like the most ridiculous ways. Colorado State was driving with like six minutes left in this game, and they snapped the ball and it bounces like off the the quarterback's face mask or something, and they they pick it up and return it and they get no points out of it. They missed a field goal, but like you took another three minutes off the clock. I mean, it just I don't know. Uh, Air Force. Still undefeated in Mountain West Conference play, uh, but Air Force has still got... Look. <laughs> their schedule remaining at Hawaii, but then, brother, you got to deal with UNLV, who is really good, and at Boise to close out. So, we'll see if Air Force can get there, uh, but they had six turnovers in that game against Army. Like that Bryson Daly that you were talking about, 36 carries for 170 yards and two touchdowns. Whew. Lord have mercy. Hawaii got to three wins on the season. I have a regular season win total of under three and a half on Hawaii that plays out or pays out plus 105. Uh, Hawaii's remaining schedule. They've got, let's see, Air Force at Wyoming and Colorado State. I need them to lose out. So we'll see what happens. We will we will see what happens. UNLV. So, their starting quarterback has been out for weeks at this point. This uh, Jaden Mayavi, Mayava, I guess, has been really good. And they just boat raced New Mexico. So, 7-2 and two on the season so far for Barry Odom. Uh, Barry Odom might get another job. He he might get, like, a big boy job again. You know, he was at Missouri, and then he was the defense coordinator for Arkansas. Takes his UNLV job and gets them to their first bowl game since 2013. So, they look awesome. Um, San Diego State lost in overtime to Utah State. Uh, and then, yeah, Fresno. Mikey Keene, brother. Mikey Keene. How excited are you about Fresno? Oh, I love it. Love it, seeing them win. They, they are that the team. It's like, yeah, you just keep trucking right along. Tedford. Tedford is yeah. such a good coach, man. Oh, what a what a crazy fun team. Like, it, it doesn't matter that they had, like, very little returning production or anything this year. It was just, yeah, hey, we're fun. Like, we're yeah, going to go out. And, and they're, they're playing really well. Yes. Uh, the Sherrod kid, uh, 21 carries, 132 yards against Boise. Andy Avalos got some he he got some things he got to answer. Five losses on the season for Boise now. <laughs> like I if you're I mean, what do you even do there? Right? Like is it they're three and two in the Mountain West. It's not like they're they're awful, but like they have lost some yeah. crazy games in really weird ways. The Colorado State loss where they gave up twenty one points in the last uh last four minutes of the ball game to lose that one. They were up thirty to ten. With 4.07 left in the game. Um, you know, they lose to Memphis, like got a field goal blocked and returned for a touchdown. I don't know. 
But I do know this. Like Fresno, so long as Jeff Tedford is there, it don't matter who the offensive coordinator is. It doesn't matter. Because remember, they lost their offensive coordinator to Missouri before the season. And mm-hmm. you see how well that Missouri offense is doing now that they got Kirby Wilson. Whew. I don't know, man. I don't know. I'm a... I can't wait to watch it. Like, if we get Fresno Air Force for the Mountain West oh, title... Oh, that's going to be great. Oh, all-time uniform game. That'll be so much fun. Give me give me the give me the color shirts, right? Give me the blue for Air Force. Yeah. Give me the red for Fresno. That's what I want. Oh, yay, yay. Uh, any, anything else? No. No. I think we can get out of here. An hour and a half is more than enough. So <laughs> tell everybody where they can find you, my friend. Strong and Healthy Rehab on all socials, so Instagram, TikTok, and here on the YouTube. All right, y'all know where to find me. Subscribe to this channel if you've not already. Of course, let the possum play, of course. Uh, and, yeah, uh, give me on Twitter, at Winning Cures. Give me Instagram and TikTok, at GaryWCE. Uh, yeah, support the show. You can uh, you can be a member on YouTube, or if you would like, uh, you can also go to buymeacoffee.com slash GaryWCE. Go to Ticket Smarter. Use the promo code. It's not a one-time thing. WCE10 will get you 10 bucks off an order of $100 or more. WCE20 will get you $20 off an order of $300 or more. And, uh, and of course, we've already had several people use that. Uh, had a guy that used the WCE20 code by buying, like, a bunch of Sugar Bowl tickets, like the playoff semifinals. So, knock that out. We had somebody in Vancouver buy hockey tickets using the WCE10 code. So, go ahead and use this thing up. You can use it on anything. Hockey, football, tickets to concerts, whatever. You want to go see Taylor Swift next year? That's the way to do it. That's the way to do it. All right. With that said, let's get out of here. Take care of yourself. Take care of each other. God bless college football. And uh, and hopefully all of your tickets cash this week. Thanks for listening to Winning Cures Everything. Make sure and follow me on Twitter, at GaryWCE. If you want to toss in a question, you can email me, Gary, at winningcureseverything.com. Make sure and hit that subscribe button, and we'll see you next time.